Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Faith and Justice. My name is Boston, pronouns are he, him. And I'm Lyndon, pronouns he, him. This episode, we're going to talk to you a bit about my experience helping organize a community uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Parade in Lexington, Virginia in 2017. Um, so we'll take it away from there. Yeah. I had right the opportunity this week to, to talk about it with, uh, at Lutheran Church of the Cross, where I serve as co-pastor. Boston, you were there. Yes. Um, so we'll give a bit of a pricey version and then maybe look at some takeaways, like why, why is community organizing important for progressive Christians and how, what might be some ideas that we go about that? So um, I just got a, a Facebook memory pop up today even about what helped launch, for me at least, my involvement in some of that organizing while living in Lexington, Virginia, in the Shenandoah Valley. Uh, was it seven years ago there was a uh, local KKK chapter that was leaving leaflets on people's doorsteps in the middle of the night? And neighbors understandably got alarmed. Eventually, we organized uh, a rally, say, you know, haters, get out of the city. We stand for anti-racism, no KKK, all that kind of stuff. Um, had some really passionate speakers. It was at Hopkins Green, which is at the center of this uh, small Virginia town, home to Washington Lee University and the Virginia Military Institute. So it's a, a town of, I don't know, maybe 7,000 people, and it has two universities side by side. So it's kind of an interesting setup there. Um, but we had quite a rousing response um, to that anti-KKK rally. And over time, I think that got people talking. Those who had lived in the town and nearby longer than we had, we had only been there uh, just over five years, maybe. Um, and I think people had been talking about wanting to organize anti-racism efforts for some time, and that was just a culminating moment that we were part of. And so it led to the formation of, uh, of CARE, uh, this anti-racism coalition in that Lexington and Rockbridge County area in Virginia. And fast forward from that to wanting to have the first inaugural uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Community Parade on the same weekend that, sadly, um, Confederate kind of cosplayers had their own parade which they would insist was all about heritage, not hate, even though they were marching in just straight-out racist uh, uh, Confederate regalia. Yeah. So just frightening. Like a couple hundred people, some from the area, some from further, and they would take over the town that weekend, The funny enough, the Martin Luther King weekend. Of course. Because that was the uh, time that of Virginia made made that weekend the Friday prior to MLK Day, which is on the Monday. The Friday was Lee Jackson Day to infamous Confederate generals who were buried in the town. So people there either hunkered down in their houses while the kind of Confederate cosplayers were there, 
or they would like go for a weekend away. So the idea came to have this MLK parade and whether foolishly or not, the idea was, well, why don't we get the parade permit before they do? And we'll have it on the Saturday. We'll be the main event. I love it. Because that seems smart. Yeah. <laughs> to go up against hundreds of Confederate cosplayers, both with real guns, uh, in addition to their bayonets and whatever. They had, like, packing real heat with them. Yeah. Uh, and this is leading up to Trump's inauguration stuff. I mean, none of us were necessarily expecting that to be the outcome of that election, but that's what happened. And so you started getting militia groups really emboldened. Yeah. The three percenters, the Proud Boys, all these groups started percolating up right around that time. So I don't think we realized quite like how bad things would be getting. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the parade with a lot of organizing, a lot of coordinating, help from a union organizer who taught us how to organize uh, led to like a really wonderful parade. I mean, there were death threats thrown at us as organizers. It was quite frightening. Um, it wasn't unanimously, um, I guess, kind of uh, supported at first. There were members of the community both white folks and some black folks who thought we were causing, potentially causing more harm than good by attracting that kind of attention. Yeah. Um, but we did win over more of the older black community uh, af at when the parade became a success. And hundreds of people marched in the streets, over 600 people in a town of 6,000. So like 10% of the town and some people from out of town. Um, and as one friend described, it was a parade without spectators because the whole town was the parade. We just marched through a downtown, yeah. chanting, having a big party, celebrating. Uh, no one got hurt, thankfully, uh, despite the threats. And meanwhile, the uh, Confederate cosplayers had their event at a uh, gun shop outside of town where they erected like one of the world's largest Confederate flags, but they didn't apply for a permit and it was too close to a, to a roadway. And so a month later or whatever, they were forced to take it down and put it up somewhere else. Yeah. So for those in Canada, size of this Confederate flag would be that of like a Husky truck stop, like something you could see four kilometers it's away. Giant. Yeah. Giant. And there are several of those around Lexington, up on hills along the interstate that are visible from highways on people's farmland where those same uh, rules don't apply. If it's on your own private land, yeah. set off from the roadway, you can kind of do what you want. Um, so these giant hate flags kind of mark the outskirts of the town to some degree. Yeah. So it was really emboldening and, and life-giving to have this parade uh, represent like a force for good, for anti-racism. It was uh, queer positive, just all the things against the kind of white supremacist hate groups that encroach upon that town all the time. Um, and thankfully that parade still continues today into what I think is the seventh annual has taken place this Which last, is amazing. last MLK day. Yeah. 
Um, so very proud of that work and proud of and thankful for the people who have continued that tradition and have done the real hard work to keep that going. Um, so fast forward to today, um, my, my fear of telling these stories in, in a Canadian context as always is it becomes so easy just for Canadians to say, oh wow, the US South is so weird. Yeah. Um, and the point of telling the stories is not just some kind of weird spectacle or something. Even if there's elements of that, I mean, we know lots of Canadian stories that make KKK had chapters all across Canada. And frankly, the, there's elements of that still around. Absolutely. What, I mean, yeah, yeah. you're from Alberta. I'm from Saskatchewan. Oh, boy. <laughs> we could go on and on about hate groups from where we grew up. Yeah. Yeah, and and like even like like in the last couple of years, like there have been times where like because I live right downtown Victoria, and I'll I'll go walk like to the bus stop or whatever by the legislature, and someone will have dropped a a leaflet of like a a website that's basically just like a terrible blog full of it's like white supremacy, like it's neo Nazi white supremacy, like all this sort of thing. Yeah, still still to this day, in Canada in Victoria. Yeah. What I find in in Victoria, for example, with with that kind of hate propaganda, is people will dismiss it as one off. Well, there's a handful of bad apples, right? As opposed to seeing it like, no, the same things that we find a spectacle and frightening in U.S. politics and society are already here. Absolutely, and it's not just. Too often, as Canadians, we like to say, oh, it's that American creep that is, you know, creeping up to Canada. It's like, it is already here. Yeah. We're part of the colonial project. We're, you know, yeah, that's right from day one. So to dismiss it all as, well, that's just that U.S. influence. You look at the convoy and its success. Um, that was a Canadian-born movement. Yeah. It still is. And... Yeah, did it get some help from the U.S. and beyond? Sure, but so do other movements. So again, can't dismiss it as not being Canadian-grown because it, it really is. Absolutely. Um, so I think that's where the segue I wanted to have was what can we do as progressive Christians, whether in Greater Victoria or anywhere in Canada or the U.S. and beyond, how can we organize together? Because one thing I think we often lament and then fall in despair is we say, oh, the Christian right is organized and they're bigger and they have more money. Like there's mega churches, there's media platforms that are large. There's this influence um, that we feel we can't measure up against in terms of quantity. And that might be true. um, But if you look at successes like the civil rights movement and stuff is that wasn't engineered by mega churches <laughs> or you know billionaire media tycoons yeah so the solution is not how do we become billionaire philanthropists that's the wrong way to look at it that it really was everyday people but forging strong bonds of community over years yeah just years of planning not one facebook meetup not one live stream 
yeah. over Instagram or whatever and like having a success with that and kind of like it's it's I think we got to use all those tools but it's just that right all our social media stuff and online stuff they are tools to further like long-term organizing yeah. I think that's something predominantly white progressive churches haven't been particularly good at in recent years. But I mean, you think about, again, places we grew up, there were like farmers co-ops where all these small towns would band together yeah. for barn raisings or bringing in the harvest or things like that before farms became like mini corporations worth millions of, you know, multi-million dollar corporations basically when it really was kind of more mom and pop operations i think there was more service oriented communities and that's just kind of dried up a bit because of a lot of factors yeah but i mean and i know we have dwindling mainline churches and sometimes again our focus is on that kind of despair of decline but it doesn't that doesn't get us anywhere. No. <laughs> so I just think about whether hopefulness is the right word or a kind of productive approach is to like actually look at the power of the word of God, if we're allowed to say that we're on a sort of a public radio podcast, but that's, that's who we I are. I mean, it's let's talk faith. And <laughs> us, you know, yeah. um, but if we just look at the power of like prophetic movements, it's often groups who had little, but they pooled their resources together and they were dedicated to a common purpose and had an enormous focus that accomplished great things. So I think it really is building people up bit by bit and maybe you get some encouragement from that David and Goliath comparison that, yes, we're not going to have mega churches joining our coalition because we don't share the same values. But we have a bunch of churches that want to be anti-racist, to be queer affirming, and they're not quite sure maybe what to do beyond their own doors sometimes. So, I mean, one thing, Boston, you're a leader of inclusive Christians on UVic campus. I don't know. Do you have some thoughts about, I mean, that's one example, right? We're connected to students. Yeah. And students tend to have a bit fresher ideas and approaches to things. Like that's one connection we have between congregations in the community and, and the campus. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's tough. I I think I think we've probably said it like on I think we said it on a previous episode, but how yeah, it does it all feels so like disconnected and disjointed sometimes, like like different churches and stuff like that. I don't. That's a good question. I was not <laughs> You threw that one at me. I was okay. ready for that one. Um but, well, we talked about maybe one time just with the students like going down to the legislature and having like a mini rally yeah just as like just for the sake of hey let's celebrate uh being queer and being inclusive and taking up space where there are otherwise white supremacist pamphlets being littered yeah or or people broadcasting weird messages in the front of the legislature 
So let's just take up space in a small way. Yeah, that's and and I feel like that's why. Well, because you know we've had a uh, some problems in the past at UVic with like I I don't know like I know uh, my my girlfriend came here like a year before me, and when she started coming here, there was every year there was a big um, like. I don't know what group would do it. I'm not going to call anyone out specifically, but they would like put, they would fill Uvix quad, which is quite big with red or uh, with blue and pink flags, little flags as like a memorial for like quote unquote babies killed in abortions. Oh wait, yeah. well, these aren't trans flags. No, 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 said, no, no, no. I'm like, oh wow, oh, they no. were like this, is like a trans rally. No, no, like yeah. the, the, but the, you know, these mm-hmm. groups and and there all are a lot of groups, both affiliated with campus and not affiliated with campus, that I think have a really big, um, what's it called? They, they, well, you know, we're talking about taking up space. They really get like they take up a lot mm-hmm. of space on campus. Mm-hmm. They're really sort of visual, and I feel like it's just it's tough. Because we are, like, Inclusive Christians is the only overtly sort of queer-affirming, anti-racist Christian club on campus. And I, so, I, and, you know, I can't speak for all of the members or all of the mm-hmm. student leaders, but I guess just one thing that I always am nervous about in, in that, you know, these sorts of situations is, like, opening up to, you know, violence or if that makes sense, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, like being, being really out there, being, being out and proud and like queer or indigenous or whatever. A lot of the time I feel like that can really open you up to, you know, passerbys, you know, basically like saying whatever they want. I know that's always an issue at um, clubs and course union days. Um, and I hear a lot of compliments about you in those sorts of situations, dealing with those sorts of folks that want to just come to the table and pick a fight. I, every time I sit there, people are like, like wish Lyndon was here. He couldn't really handle. He always handles these people really well. <laughs> that want to fight, and is but you know it does it opens you up to like a lot of. So I don't know. I get that's that's, but when you have the numbers, that becomes less of a worry, right? Yeah, I think numbers are important, and you can't always wait till you're gonna have two or three hundred people show yeah. up. I mean, if it's gonna be a bigger event and you're advertising it, yeah then that just takes more time and more relationship building. Um, but I think you have to start with small small events. Yeah. And it could be a dozen or two dozen people. Yeah. And you're not having to poster the whole town for something like that. You're just showing up. Yeah. It could be for one hour, stand outside the legislature, you proclaim your message, um, and that's the event. And yeah, you'd ha- we'd have to have like uh, a session beforehand just around discipline. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because it can be easy for a hater to come in and try to disrupt that protest, yeah. like one or two people, and they do it by starting an argument. Yeah. Oh well, you know, my my uncle is trans and blah, blah, blah. It's like whether that's true or not, right? Yeah. Or I listen to this podcast and blah, blah, blah. Joe Rogan said. <laughs> yeah. And all they're trying to do, they're like, oh, I just want to talk. Don't you want to talk? Aren't you open to debate? So yeah. they're going to lean on our empathy 
to basically take down the event. Yeah. Because their MO is let's disrupt this event so it stops. Yeah. Um, or is less effective or get them riled up. Yeah. And so one thing you have to do is talk to everyone to say, hey, we are not going to engage with negative comments yeah. from members of the public. We are going to be a united front. And what you're going to do is if someone's trying to pick a fight with an individual, if someone else will like come up and like kind of we stick together and you kind of protect each other and you do not engage. Yeah. Those people want to engage. They want to fight because then it disrupts the whole thing. That's the whole purpose. And the whole feigned like, oh, I just want to talk. I just want to have a conversation. It's like, no, they don't. Now, if someone genuinely seems who's not who's who's starting question is not total red flag, yeah, and seems sympathetic, that's a different story. Yeah, but often someone comes up and they're kind of hot and heavy about whatever's going on. You know, they're just angry. Yeah, um, and so we don't want to give give in to those kinds of demands. You can say, no, we, we don't owe you a conversation. We don't. Yeah. We're here to stand up for being queer affirming and for Victoria to be queer affirming and anti-racist. And that's what we came here to do. Yeah. If you want to have your own rally, go ahead and do it. Yeah. Right. We don't owe them anything. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we're new to that, we get sucked into this idea that, oh, well, maybe we can convince them. Yeah. No. At least that's the rally is not the opportunity for that. No. Maybe some other venue. You're a coworker, you know, has questions and you have a relationship with that coworker or student, then you know, you could have a one on one conversation. Yeah. But on the sidewalk, when people are coming up to your face, they don't want to talk. Yeah. And like learn about things. They they're they're just angry you're there, right? And yeah. so there is that vulnerability to it. And that's where the preparation to say everybody has to sign on to this. Yeah. Like not no engagement. Yeah. And and has to just support one another. And there has to be a kind of plan in place if someone gets physically in your face yeah. and starts a kind of physical or verbal confrontation that doesn't stop, then you have to have a plan to de escalate that. Yeah. And not and be prepared that that can happen. It can be very intense. Absolutely. Um, but it's just like anything. After you've, after you've had people scream in your face a few times, just get used to it <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's nothing. It's nothing personal. Yeah. It's like this person's having their moment. They don't like the way society is becoming more accepting of trans people of becoming more anti-racist yeah and so they're trying to trying to you know stick a put a stick in the gears yeah um so that's like a kind of condensed version of like when you go to even to do a small action you need to have a huddle for a half hour at least before if people are new to this to say hey we're all signing on because you can't have someone go show up with their own agenda. No, absolutely. Uh, 
and play by some other rule book, whole thing's gonna melt down. Yeah. So the focus has to be there and be mentally prepared for, you know, if someone does show up to disrupt. They might be surprised that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I, so like I had, I have again mentioned it in a previous episode, but like when I was part of the protests at the legislature for Wet'suwet'en, for, for the Wet'suwet'en crisis, I guess something I have, I have stayed away from protesting for a long time since then, mm-hmm. just cause I remember, I, I think I went in pretty naive. Like I was like, still, I mean, I had been here for like a, maybe a couple of years or like, you know, you know, bordering on a couple of years. And, uh, we did, we did a lot of that. We like, you know, met up beforehand, like, okay, like if the police show up, like, what are we going to do? Who's going to be on like the front and who's like, you know, who's willing to get arrested? Who's not, who's going to be dealing with like me? Like, you know, we, we were prepared. Well, I thought, um, but it is, you know, uh, and again, we've talked about like how, how these, these hateful groups sh- like can get away with a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was actually really, there was a few times that got real dicey at the legislature for us. Like, um, I remember, well, well, first of all, you know, just like seeing on social media, like the amount of people were like calling basically for us to be like run over, murdered. Like it was it, like, I had never, I was like, wow, I was not ready for this. Like we, we did all the preparation, but I was not ready for like these hateful, you know what I mean? Like, like like people like literally saying they want me and others to die. And I, I know, I remember also um, after we had been there for a couple of days, there were, there were members of like white supremacist groups that started per, you know, kind of walking the perimeter at night and waiting for those of us that had to go off, like to go to the washroom or something. We had like a couple of like rooms rented, like in hotels nearby, and we'd go like just use them for like washroom or to clean up. Some people were there t- like twenty four seven, but they would like, you know, be like hiding in the bushes basically with like baseball bats, like waiting to like, I I don't know, I don't. And again, you know, maybe it's just like an intimidation thing, but it made me like it was really scary. <laughs> There's a few times and you know, like, yeah, yeah. It's just, that has like kept me, but maybe like Christian organizing would be different because you're Christian. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's kind of their jam. Right. But who knows? Yeah. Um, and just for, for listeners who might not be familiar, the Witsowodin crisis was something that was unfolding. I mean, over many years, but that particular event at the BC legislature in Victoria was spring 2020 does it was it well the first ones we, we had there was like a series of demonstrations yeah. um and that started in like late 2019 okay yeah and then and so but yeah the the actual occupation of the legislature was in right. i believe it was a january or early february mm-hmm. 2020 for like six weeks or so or oh i can't really remember because uh, because again i was kind of part of like the first real right. good go right. and it was like yeah it was a couple weeks and then we had kind of decided just because of everything, uh, you know, all, again, all these threats, like the police, we were always, we were kind of on edge a lot of the time. And then we had kind of talked and we were like, yeah, let's, we're, we're done. Like we've, we've made a good point. And then a few days later, a group of people decided to go back and like, cause like right. the Lieutenant governor was going to make a speech. And so then, then it was, yeah, like another right. like week or two. So I, I don't, I can't remember exactly how long, but it was yeah. kind of, there was a couple segments over, over a longer period of time. 
So yeah, there's a local example of taking up space, and that was really well organized and having the food tent there to to, the community members. (laughs) Yeah, to occupy that space for weeks on end is a lot, and to sleep outside in in rainy Victoria not easy. and I think, yeah, there was some members of the soldiers of Odin were cited in that. I remember one man, I don't think he was necessarily a hate group member, uh, but he just was came in on his own and was kind of being disruptive. Okay. Uh, and like, you know, I, I want to, this is my building too, and I want to look at it and I want to whatever. And he was maybe in his late 50s, around 60, a white guy. So I remember going up to him and, you know, someone was leading a ceremony or, or something. It was really inappropriate. Yeah. And I said, oh, I'd love to have that conversation with you over here. And he was a guy and he wasn't going to, like, beat anyone up yeah. or, or something, but he was going to yell. Yeah. Uh, and I said, oh, I'd love to have that conversation. I want to talk to you about your ideas. And so I got supported by one of the leaders who thanked me for just, yeah, just Get them out of here. And that's where you're organized, where you just get that person out. And so getting him to the sideline, I listened to him for a few minutes. And, uh, you know, that just helped diffuse that situation a bit. And he wandered off then? (laughs) Yeah, he was still angry, but he wandered off. Instead of sitting in the middle of 100 students and starting to scream at them or whatever. Yeah. so it depends like that could size up the situation. There's just one angry person on their own, yeah. but not didn't seem like someone who's going to resort to violence, yeah. but you get members of actual hate groups and they're coming to intimidate. Yeah. Um, it's a different story. You don't yeah. want to do that on your own. It's a bit no. dangerous. Um, so yeah, you have to be, and depending on what the thing is, if it's a small thing, you know, and you got 25 people and a group of 12 people ready for violence show up, like, you have to be willing to just, like, pull the plug and say, you know what, we can't we can't guarantee you people's safety. Yeah. So we're just going to call this thing, you know. We made our point. We made our point, <laughs> and we don't need anyone getting hit in the face. Yeah. So um, those are... That's where you just have to have good leadership and being willing to pivot yeah, uh, and not getting too uh, uh, overreacting, I guess, in the situation. Yeah. So, um, but I think it might be an opportunity, just, you know, our conversation just makes me think maybe, maybe we need to have some we could start with inclusive Christians, but also with members of congregations who wanted to do like maybe an hour session on how can we organize? Yeah. What would be the purpose of it? Uh, how would we do it? How do you start small? How do you build relationships? Um, and then if you get people from a couple organizations, you might be surprised that if it's 10 people from each organization, before long, you're up to 100 people. Yeah. So, and that's a pretty sizable group. So I think we'd be surprised, but you do have to put the time in to train people yeah. 
build a build it up. And so whether we want to just take up space to make Victoria safer for indigenous people, for queer people, racialized people generally, um, those are all worthwhile things. Absolutely. And we can tap into Christian organizing roots of like this too is as people of God that we're called to keep neighbor safe. Yeah. Something Jesus calls us to do. So we can tap into like a rich history of how, how we might do that. Yeah. Um, so that could be of interest. I feel like things are percolating yeah, now absolutely. in 2023. We're far enough removed from intense lockdown yeah. period of the pandemic that it's a bit easier. Something that sadly the convoy was successful at while well, we all stayed home and wore <laughs> masks and got vaccinated and they just like organized like hate parties. Yeah. Um, and they were quite good at it. I mean, people are bored. People are frustrated. They're good at tapping into populism. So, right, people were losing jobs. Yeah. People uh, were having a hard time paying the rent and their mortgages. Yeah, they they a lot of people suffered uh, economically uh, during that time. And then you get people who have very odd ideas of what or who a government should be and reject modern medicine and various things when it comes to very in very specific ways. Right. And making vaccines about something they're not. Um, so they're very good at twisting some things and they're very good at, you know, giving voice to people's fear and anger about, hey, I've lost a lot. I'm struggling uh, in a way that progressives were not doing. We're yeah. not giving voice to those. Instead, you know, we rightfully said get vaccinated, stay home or wear a mask. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't. And that itself was a collective action but there wasn't like the same response of like and we're very sorry so many of us are are suffering yeah so let's find ways to give voice to that yeah suffering i feel like we started doing that at least as a church more after restrictions were lifted yeah then it's like this collective mourning of you know things that changed or that we lost yeah uh people's health deteriorated uh, people we didn't see back at church, things like that, um, that we're kind of playing catch up on now. Yeah. Whereas those other groups just organized through the whole thing, like infecting one another with COVID and, <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah. And churches were part of that too, right? Um, you had pastors who were definitely riding the coattails of the convoy movement. Absolutely. And yeah. extreme political rallies, things like that. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, time for some introspection and discernment. What, what are we gonna, what do we want to do positively? Yeah. Not just play defense, not what do we want to say in response to these people? Uh, but what do we want to say as our own unique positive message and focus on that? Yeah. Cause if all you do is play defense, it doesn't get you very far. Yeah. Like people found that when trying to refute, for example, Donald Trump's claims when he was president. Yeah. And they lost track. I don't know how many tens of thousands of lies he told. 
and every one of them was documented and it like made very little difference. Yeah. He kept lying and like maybe eventually some things will catch up, but like he had years of just running roughshod over everyone and everything. Yeah. And so similarly, if there's populist kind of uh, white supremacist movements, yeah, we want to speak out against them, but more than just plain defense, we got to articulate our message. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So at least I find, I find that stuff exciting to yeah, think about. Um, I know you've gotten, I'm really like, <laughs> I'm like, as if I don't have enough to do already, but you're, I'm like, you know, really thinking, I'm like, yeah. oh, we can like, you know, thinking about emails to send. I'm like, what, what if we really, yeah. Like, well, but seriously, I think it is yeah. actually important to like actually try uh, and make something like this happen. I think, I think starting small and building relationships slowly is important. Yeah. And not rush to like quick. Let's let's put out a word on social media. And let's get five hundred people out tomorrow. And they, you know, half of them don't really understand. Yeah, what they're what they're actually even there for. Right. So yeah. it's like you could potentially get like a big showing for a one-off event that you put all your time and energy into. Yeah. But like, how does that sustain a movement? And so with the the parade organizing that was part of. In Virginia, at least, it was part of, like, a community organization, and there were other events that we could support throughout the year uh, as well, and yeah. you're building relationships with people over time. That was a great full circle. Yeah. Brought it right, yeah, brought it right back. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just think uh, maybe spark some joy and imagination in progressive Christian circles that... I think, I mean, one thing I will give like the U.S. is, and also progressive Christians in the U.S. is there's a little more like let's go for it mentality. And Canada can be a bit more subdued. Yeah. You do see organizing here around environmental issues. Yeah. A and lot stuff. Of Victoria, especially, yeah. That can be conflictual mm. yeah, sometimes, yeah. whether how much they engage with indigenous groups. Yeah. But there was a, a massive rally for old growth that had some buy in from indigenous groups. Yeah. Who, who performed at that? Uh, Neil Young Neil did Young, a yeah, little yeah. couple song session. Yeah. It was all hush hush. <laughs> I think he didn't, he didn't want the news to say people only showed up for Neil Young. So yeah. organizers couldn't say he'd be there till the time he, that he was walking on the stage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then David Suzuki, local yeah. legend for environmental organizing. And apparently he hangs out at UVic all the time. Apparently I always have a UVic. Mess- yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've always have people mess. I think I just saw David Suzuki in the student union building. Like what? He was just sitting there like eating lunch, eating a sandwich. <laughs> He just hangs out here sometimes. Well, he seems to have close ties yeah. and cares about uh, things on the island. Yeah. Um, and he lives over in Vancouver. It's not very far away. <laughs> yeah. It's one BC ferry away. Yeah. Um, just looking. Yeah. I know we're coming I up know. to the end of our time. <laughs> yeah. we Wrap up. Before someone starts knocking on the recording studio yeah, yeah, saying, yeah. hey. Yeah. Time's up. So 
don't know if there's any parting thoughts as in the, in the next minute here or so. I just think we need to, yeah, do be willing to fail. Yeah. Like risk failure. Yeah. Have some little mini events, whatever they are. And it's not about just to build up to a big thing like like great that there are these mega events like the old growth rally and stuff, but that yeah. people spent close to a year getting that thing together. Yeah. Um let's try some mini experiments that we don't have to announce in advance. You just show up, do your thing. Can you even have a little prayer time just to get everyone uh, rooted in, in faith and what we're doing for those for whom that's meaningful. Yeah. And and just see that as part of the praxis of Christian life. Yeah. So little little things. Yeah, and I think I think like action is always I I think I've said it before and I'll say it again, of course, like action is so important. Like it and you know, it it's like making statements and and that sort of thing is one thing and that's also very important right but yeah a- action is is so so important um i i, I you know okay, we got to wrap up but i just want to i like brief in terms of action i don't know exactly when this episode is going to come out um so i've been trying to like sort of keep away from like super like you know current but um you had brought up a couple weeks ago the lcms and their sort of like action against white supremacy and their church and like they're they're like sort of stereotypically more conservative right on, on certain issues but I actually even saw like not only did the president make a statement they've actually like excommunicated several members with like really strong ties to white supremacist groups which That's, is a uh, huge step yeah lutheran church missouri synod oh yes thank for you, those thank none you. of the kind of conservative lutheran tradition yeah 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 and kind of put us to shame in some ways because i haven't seen similar actions of the more progressive lutheran churches in the u.s or canada yeah yeah and i was so yeah i was like wow that's actually like that not only is that a statement but like that's really something tangible of like no like you're you're out of here which is yeah yeah but and that's important because with the statement statements and and reports and all these sort of things always kind of they're really great and they get people talking for like a couple weeks and then i think i i don't know i've seen it so many times where they just kind of fizzle out right like Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. they don't that's not what like we're talking about staining yeah those sorts of things that just aren't sustainable to make a statement every time some sort of tragedy happens or something like that and and then kind of leave it at that like it's no no it's like you actually have to do something and and yeah, like ta- like doing stuff, even when there's n- maybe not not anything super pressing going on, and in, in sort of like any pressing issues going on, but like just generally, like m- have an action, make a statement, you know. Yeah, and having like real tangible action. Say, a member of the trans community reach out and wants to talk about how could we help trans people feel safer in Greater Victoria. Yeah, like offer whether it's safe walk or being willing to show up if they're in a dicey situation or, or things like that, just to feel like they're supported, I think. Yeah. Beyond just that they're doing it all on their own. Yeah, absolutely. So. 
Well, if you're listening to this in Victoria, keep an eye out because I'm yeah. sure there's things coming. Um, do you want to? Lyndon's so great at the thank yous, and I always forget every everyone that we thank. So we want to thank CFUV for recording yes. uh, and distributing the podcast. Uh, we'd like to thank Lutheran Church of the Cross who uh, is supporting our time here, and we'd like to thank Multiface Center UVic. Yes. Who supports us and the home of inclusive Christians. So yeah. check us out. I think those are the main ones. Yes, absolutely. Thank and you. tune in again next time. Yeah. Thank you for listening. <laughs>